Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by our new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We're over 500 subscribers now. And what's really cool is every week, I'm going to go ahead and pick a new subscriber, any subscriber for that matter, and give them a Cameo style shout out. So I've mentioned this before. Those of you that are familiar with Cameo, a bunch of you have uh, hired me, I guess they say, to do video shout outs on Cameo for you. Well, I'm going to give it to you for free. All you have to do is sign up and subscribe at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Speaking of YouTube, by the way, every week from now on, my co-host will be a full-fledged YouTube superstar. Emery Hunt, football game plan on YouTube, the czar of football game plan, I found out. I went uh, inside the playbook with him on Friday, my guy Emery Hunt, you got to check that out on Football Game Plan on YouTube. We had a great conversation. You can also follow him on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Good morning, Emery. Good morning, Ross. How's it going over there in your land of, of the world? You know what? It's going great. We had Kurt Warner on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast today, and I think he made some awesome points about, you know, and you'll appreciate this, Emery. He was talking about. You know, we both were undrafted free agents, so we were talking about how it's not great that there's no preseason game. And he said, what makes me feel even worse is there's not even any other place to play. You know, Kurt played in Arena Bowl. Kurt played in NFL Europe. So even as he got released or whatever, he had other opportunities and places to show where he could perform Whereas right now, you know, AAF is gone. XFL is kind of up in the air. These guys that are getting no preseason games this year, they really don't know for sure if they'll get an opportunity to show other people what they can do. I mean, you think about the landscape in that time. You had, like he said, NFL Europe. You had Arena 1, Arena 2. Um, you had CFL football. You have you had the XFL that was coming out at the time, and now you fast forward. There's no arena football at all. 
Um, there's only indoor football. Guys are start, starting to go overseas a little bit to, to dabble in that just to continue to play. But they aren't. there's not a lot of options for players out there to really continue to play because you're at your athletic peak from 22 to 26, and guys are just not having that outlet. Um, that's why they need one of these leagues to – uh, to really, you know, catch fire and, and really stick. I, I found it interesting uh, when, you know, people talked about the bidding for the XFL. I'm thinking, well, if there's over 20 bidders, that's 20 people that are showing the financial capability to own a team. Why not just have those 20 people have a team and then you have a league, you know? So it's, I feel like there, there has to be some other alternate way for guys to really get out there and get more tape because that's what's more important. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of our shows can be found at RossTucker.com and the social media platforms for those are at Ross Tucker Pod. It's a terrific point, Emery. I've seen you make that point on social media. We'll see. Uh, I think you and I share a brain and I just want as many guys as possible to have the opportunity at their dream and to at least feel like they got their shot, at least feel like they got their opportunity to show. I feel like I like the, uh, the play Hamilton. I am not going to let my shot. I am not going to, I am not going to miss my shot. Uh, So anyway, um, here's what we're going to do. We are going to, over the next five weeks, dive into the power five conferences and the top players in those conferences. Then after that, depending on where we are with college football, there's a lot of other conferences we can get into because Emory knows the smaller school guys better than anybody. So that's one of the reasons why, specifically this year, I wanted Emory to be my co-host. But let's start with the ACC, Emory, because that was kind of a power move by them last week to say, uh, yeah, we're playing 10 games in conference. We can still play one out of conference. And, oh, by the way, we got Notre Dame in the conference for this year. ACC's not messing around. Yeah, they're trying to get it done, man. And it's cool that they had that ace in the hole in Notre Dame. Everyone wanted Notre Dame to join the conference. Well, here's an opportunity for them uh, to get that done. And so it was great for the ACC to announce that. Let's hope that they're able to see it through for the full season. So the first guy I want to ask you about, has been in the news last week because he was the first college football player to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm not playing this year. And I personally wonder, Emery, how many other guys might say that. I wonder if guys are waiting to see whether or not they actually have college football before they have to announce that they're not going to play. We all saw what the Pac-12 players did over the weekend with some specific requests before they play but Caleb Farley is a cornerback from Virginia Tech Virginia Tech has a good history in the secondary I remember uh, seeing Caleb play a couple years ago against Florida State he certainly uh, has the size and the ability when you look at the Virginia Tech corner I guess we can still call him a Virginia Tech corner even though he's already said he's not playing this year what did you see you know, you see a guy that that really trusts his athleticism. So when when that happens, you're able to do certain things that a guy that knows that he has to be technically sound, has to be perfect in order to be in the play. 
But when you have that ability to to make certain things happen because of your athleticism, you're able to take a little bit of you know chances. So you saw, let's say you saw Deion Sanders do this, you know, when he played, um, bait quarterbacks into throwing passes to where he knew he can break on the ball and, and pick it off. You see Farley do that as well. You see him, okay, I can give a little bit of you know cushion to this receiver because I know I have the speed and explosiveness to really catch up and then make a play because he does have the height, which creates a challenge for a quarterback because it, it shrinks that window. You can't put a ball over him or you can't put a ball, let's say, around him because he has the length to really bat it away and shield that uh, receiver to the sideline. But when you have the ability to you know, recover and catch up, a quarterback thinks, okay, I can throw this, I can get this speed out, you know, uh, to this receiver and Farley is behind him. And next thing you know, he closes that gap, breaks on the ball and makes a play. And he just doesn't break it up. He has the ability to, to turn the ball over, which is always key. So I love the fact that he can trust his athleticism to make plays. And and you you rarely see that from guys because guys are so worried about getting beat. But when you have the talents that he has, the physical skills, you can do a lot of different things out there on the field. Any negative Emery for Caleb? We know he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, the speed, anything when you were checking him out that that he still needs to improve on? Well, the technical parts of it, because, yeah, it's great to have those uh, physical skills to where you can, you know, gamble a little bit, but the technique part is where you want to continue to see him grow. Um, and that's going to be expected because he's going to be, a, what, a redshirt sophomore, something like that. Um, and I think what led to his decision to declare right now, and again, situations change, you know, from player to player, but because he has an ACL injury already on record for him, it's like, Hey, I've already gotten injured once. Um, I'm not going to risk it again when I have an opportunity to go to the league. So you worry about the injury history, um, because we know once you tear an ACL, it kind of makes you prone to you know, other injuries, you know, and he proved last year that he was fully uh, healthy and ready to go. And so hopefully that was just an anomaly that happened in 2018. Uh, but for me, it's mostly the technical aspect of his game, which is going to come with more experience. Let's get to uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, most well-known player in the <laughs> ACC, former number one overall player in the country. He's got a national championship under his belt as a true freshman, got back to the championship game Last year, he's going to be a true junior for the Clemson Tigers. I think we all know a lot about him, Emery. I, I guess the question is, how good is he really? We hear the presumptive number one pick, and we've heard that for a couple of years. But how good is he really, and how does he compare to the other quarterback prospects we've seen in recent years? You know, that that's a great question because I think what happens with a lot of prospects, and, and you see it online a lot, uh, draft Twitter, as, as as people call it, you know, whether it's one game or their initial viewing of a prospect, they get married to that initial take. We saw this with Josh Rosen. He had a, you know, because he played well as a freshman, we don't normally see true freshmen play that well. Uh, people got enamored with that and let that be the final evaluation when they didn't realize he stayed the same the sophomore and junior year. He didn't really grow past that freshman season. And for Lawrence, for me, his game, I think he's a, a first-round pick, no question. His game reminds me a lot of Carson Wentz uh, in, in the sense of both the good and the areas that he has to work on. I don't think he particularly feels pressure well, um, so he takes a lot of shots. And he's a great athlete. When he runs, he runs reckless, which means he doesn't protect his body. So he's putting himself 
out there a little bit more than guys that are mobile. And when we talk about reckless runners, we're talking about uh, Michael Vick. We're talking about RG3, Carson Wentz. Um, that's that's types of those are types of reckless runners, guys that run under control, but also run a lot, but don't take hits. You look at a Vince Young or Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson for explosive as he is. He, he's he knows how to protect his body. But I think for uh, Lawrence, uh, just has to know when and where to slide, when and where to get out of bounds to protect his body. Uh, has to be a little bit more apt to feel pressure um, to get rid of the football quickly. And I think his deep ball can can use a little bit of um, consistency. So I do think he has pro talent because he has all of the traits that you want at the position. He makes it an 11-on-11 game, um, which I like. And so those areas of being able to feel pressure, being able to connect on that deep ball more consistently, um, and being a little bit more judicious on when and where to take a hit, I think those are areas where he can get better. He is a lot faster than I realized. You know, watching that Ohio State game, I didn't know he could roll like that. I mean, I knew he could run a little bit, um, but, you know, the year before it was mainly throwing the football. Against Ohio State, he really had to use his legs. Yeah, he pulled he pulled away from that secondary. I mean, he split that that lane and, and really uh, was able to pick him up and put him down. And, and that was the, the key play in that game, I thought, was the turning point uh, because he broke the, the backs of Ohio State uh, with that run. And it sort of gave Clemson that confidence that, like, hey, we can go toe-to-toe athletically with these guys. And, and that's what ended up happening. And because of that run, it changed how Ohio State had to defend him afterwards so now they have to worry about him uh taking off and running which then open up you know areas for him to have success in the passing game so it's because of that ability to run and that threat that he possessed kind of changed the game and how Ohio State was able to defend him what about another guy getting a lot of attention in the ACC and and deservingly so defensive end Gregory Gregory Rousseau from Miami I like the strength he has. You know, he's strong. He's a naturally strong player. You could see that by how uh, he leans into offensive linemen, how he's able to finish when he hits the ball carrier or the quarterback. Right now, he's super raw from a technique standpoint. He, you know, playing a little bit too high, uh, doesn't really know what to do with his hands and feet. You know, you, you see that from a from a sophomore. And, you know, when you're a senior, you see guys able to put it all together. Um, because again, it comes with reps and, you know, playing time and being able to master your craft right now, he's all athletic ability and he's got good strength, but if they can find a way to, to hone that, I'm talking about going from Miami to the pros, that's where he's going to have the biggest jump. I believe as far as what he can do at the pro level, just honing those, those technical skills, being able to use his hands well, being able to, to really, uh, bring the speed part of his game. Cause he's got the length, he's got strength. Uh, if he can become a little bit more um, anticipatory, I think that's going to help with with his speed. And then he can be the true, complete player. But th- this is what we're looking at when, when you're looking at a sophomore, you know, um, and, and not a senior. A senior, expect to see those things. But a sophomore, you see what he has. And as a coach, you're probably thinking, okay, I can teach him X, Y, and Z. And I know as he gets more reps, he's going to grow and, and be able to have A, B, and C. Really, really hoping we can watch college football this year. We can bet on college football. Thankfully, Emery, we've got like the August sports equinox right now. We can bet on the NBA, on golf, 
on baseball right now. If you place a pregame money line bet on a single game, and if the team you pick to win ends up losing but scores over 110 points in the NBA, they get their money back. I see you tweeting about the NBA, Emory. I see you. You like, you like the NBA, and you're in New Jersey. So you can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, you get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's insane. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit, a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Talking D-line, Emery. Let's go to Marvin Wilson at Florida State. Another guy that was in the news. He was in the news because uh, didn't care for something that the new head coach, Mike Norvell, said down there at, at Florida State. Uh, but watching him on tape, he's pretty impressive. What do you see? Yeah, he's a really good player. And you can see why he entertained thoughts of coming out uh, last year or this past draft class, but decided to go back. And I think one of the reasons why he wanted to go back was to sort of, you know, put it all together from a technical standpoint. I know that's the, the common theme throughout this this show so far, but I do think he has what you can't coach. He has good ball get off. He has, you know, good pursuit. Um, he, he sees well from a defensive lineman, so he's able to find the football and make his way there. I just want him to use his hands a little bit better. Uh, because I think right now, and maybe that's because of arm length and we don't know what the, the measurement is, but you can see that being a, a potential issue for him. You know, he's allowing offensive linemen, and you know this, Ross, you get into, you win the hands first battle, it's pretty much you're in control. Um, and he's allowing linemen to get their hands on him first. If he can be a little bit more active with his hands, because if you have shorter arms, you have to be a little bit, you know, more crafty than than the next guy to, to win with that, you know, it's almost like the shorter guy that's uh, a corner or a runner or a receiver. You have to be a little bit quicker in and out of your breaks to create that separation to where you can, you know, negate the guy's length and height. Um, so for Wilson, the fact that he's disruptive on both ends of, of defense, you know, he he's pursuing well in the passing game. He's able to read and flow well in the run game. He's able to make plays and, um, he's a he's a, a want-to player, so he has the want-to, the hit back that you look for. I just want to see him get better with his hands. If he can do that, I think that's probably why he went back this year. If he can improve in that regard, then he's becoming a guy that you can feel comfortable, comfortable with uh, drafting in the top half of the draft because, you know, he has everything that you can't coach, but the stuff that you want to see him improve on, the coachable parts, if he can improve there, I think that's what makes him a, a, a well-rounded prospect. So I don't know that we've ever done this before on this show, Emery, but this is pretty cool. I'm going to have you break down brothers who don't even go to the same school. I mean, first of all, it's rare to have two legitimate pro prospect brothers. And then that they don't even go to the same school. Now, Matt Wallman and I 
have talked about Sage Surratt, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. I called the Wake game against Rice last year. Uh, he is a very impressive physical specimen. You just look at him. He looks the part. And he was the player of the year in high school basketball in North Carolina, if that gives you any clue. And then he's got his brother, Chaz Surratt, who's a linebacker at North Carolina. Let's start with the receiver. Matt and I have talked about him in the past, but I wanted to get your breakdown of Sage Surratt from Wake Forest. I'm a big fan of his game, man. He's a quarterback's best friend because he plays high post out there on a perimeter. Uh, no ball is a bad throw because he can make the catch. And you're right, he's physical. And it's almost like he's a grown man out there with college kids. And it, it just amazes me at how physical he is and, and how physically developed he has gotten so far. Um, definitely spent time in the weight room. And, you know, he's a guy that, that shows he can make any type of catch out there on the field. Uh, I think he's a, a bona fide outside receiver all day. Um, a guy that you can really look at as a, okay, that's our wide receiver one. Uh, we're, he's our go-to guy. He's our split in. Um, you know, he can he can really, you know, focus on the ball real well, catch it at his highest point, doesn't mind contact, able to break tackles, all that good stuff. So, yeah, he's a guy that he's the bona fide uh, X that you see. We, call, we used to call those guys, like you talked about, off the bus ready. When you see those guys getting off the bus, you're like, okay, that's that's their best player. You, you always see that with uh, Sage Sherratt. Now, his, his brother, interesting, was a former quarterback. You don't normally see quarterbacks go to receiver, running back, sometimes H-back. You know, he he made the switch. He went from quarterback to linebacker. And to me, that, that says a lot about his mentality. And you like the athleticism at the second level because you have to have that in today's game with today's mobile quarterbacks with the wide open spread attacks. You have to be able to, to function in space. And that's where he's solid right now. He's a good zone defender. He's a good man defender because he can run with anybody because of his offensive background. Um, the run game is different. You know, right now you still you still see him playing a little bit like an offensive player when trying to attack the run downhill, uh, which means you got to get physical. You got to take on blocks, be able to disengage, all that good stuff that offensive guys don't want to do. Um, but now he has to do it as a linebacker. But when he's asked to, to cover in man or drop back in the hook curl area or, or um, having to blitz, with something that's simply defined, hey, here's your responsibility and here's where you can show your speed, he closes you know, extremely well on the ball and it's just like a blur going from point A to point B. It's interesting. I, I don't remember uh, the backstory about why one went to one place and the other went the other. I think, I think they said Stage had the opportunity to go to North Carolina and instead decided to go to – Wake Forest? Maybe not. Maybe he didn't get off that, that offer. I don't know. Um, I got to ask you about Travis Etienne, Emery. Th this one, you know, look, it's a personal decision. Everybody can make the right decision that they think for them. I was very surprised that Etienne did not go pro after the last two years he had in college football at Clemson. Yeah, I, I mean, it shocked me, too, because you thought what he put out there on the field was far more, you know, impressive than, you know, a lot of people that, that declare early. And that was one of the guys that you kind of thought, okay, yeah, he's gone after this season. He's just, you know, buying his time. And once, you know, their season ends, he's he's off to the NFL. 
He's going to go run a blistering 40 in Indy. Um, he's going to work out really well pro days, and he's going to get drafted, you know, somewhere in the late first, early second round and be someone of that we're looking forward to seeing as a rookie in the NFL. But he shocked everyone, you know, when he decided to go back. And you, it's funny to, to see the reaction now because you're like, wow, why would you go back? Uh, but not thinking of it from, you know, the collegiate part of it, like, man, what if he really just likes college and, you know, enjoys that experience? Um we kind of forget that part, but you're right. When you look at what he does, he's ready to go right now, day one in the NFL. You you think about these guys that are home run hitters. You're talking about your Delvin Cooks. Uh, even Marlon Mack, to a certain degree, has that, that explosive speed. And that's what you see in a guy like Etienne and what he's been able to do against some of the really good defenses that they face in the playoffs uh, when they have to key on him and really you know try to make Clemson one-dimensional he's always able to break through and break the game open and you just wonder uh if he's kicking himself now because not only did he not declare for the nfl draft but maybe he could have you know what i'm gonna go to a supplemental draft but the nfl took that option away too and now you have to go through uh the season and so for him i, I just think that at, at least he can you know put together maybe some things that he wants to work on let's say maybe it's a pass pro thing uh maybe he wants to show his his versatility as far as running routes because you don't really see that part of his game uh, within that Clemson offense. So maybe there are some things that he wanted to work on. Maybe he just likes the college football game, but I'm like you. I I was shocked that he decided to return because I thought he did so much out there on film. There was nothing else that you needed to see. Is there any knock in his game? Uh, Emery, is there anything that he thought maybe he could do better or show he could do better, or maybe he just, Loved Clemson. And you know what? Most people that are down there, they tend to love Clemson. Right. I think for, for him, and I don't know if you can show this or work on this, um, I, I found that his patience is kind of average. Um, but if you have the speed he has, I can understand why. Like, why would I wait if I can outrun everybody? You know, and so it, it's it's tough to develop that if that's your game, especially coming out that offense where, you know, you're you're really asked to hit and just go. Um, but I, I do think, you know, from a patient standpoint, that's something that he can work on. But to me, that's something that you don't, you really don't have to go back to college to show, hey, I can be a little bit more of a patient runner. Like, man, you're a home run hitter. Go hit the home run. Swing for the fences every time. couple more D linemen I wanted to hit you up with. Uh, one is D.N. Quincy Roach from Miami. We were at the Temple uh, South Florida game, I want to say maybe three years ago. And, you know, I'm there scouting uh, the South Florida players. I want to say Marlon Mack was the, the the running back there. I was also looking at um, some of the offensive players that, that uh, I want to say Rayquell Armstead was there. And this freshman DN just was blowing everything up. To the, I'm sitting next to uh, Riley McKenzie. And, you know, we're chit-chatting about the food and chit-chatting about, you know, because this, as I think the game was out of hand. And then Temple slowly got back into it. But he was like, man, I got to keep an eye on this freshman dude. Like, he's blowing up. And it was Roche and and how he was able to uh, just be disruptive. I think he's the better, more natural pass rusher, especially at this point, and it's mainly due to experience, than his teammate Russo. Because you look at what he does, he's quick off the ball. He he has that, that, that twitch that you want. Um, he uses his hands well. He has the same length. He's able to lean into it, though and able to explode and accelerate to the quarterback. So he's a little bit more polished 
than his um, teammate. I was surprised he left Temple because there was no need to to leave Temple when Temple has built this reputation up of being, you know, a defensive program. Like, hey, okay, you played at Temple. We know you are Temple tough. You know, we know you're ready to go defensively. Um, so I didn't think he needed to transfer up to go and prove himself. He proved it already. But I'm, I like his game. I think he's a little bit more apt to hit the ground running as a pro player than Russo. Russo, you're, you're gambling on the upside, but, you know, you got to be careful with that because what if that upside never comes? Sometimes you need to get a guy, that, especially in the first round, that you can plug and play. And I think he's a plug and play player. Uh, one more D lineman, such an important position. And this school's been producing a bunch of good D line. You watch them play. They got a good D line. Justin Twyman at Pitt. Yeah, I was I was at the North Carolina game uh, this year. It was a Thursday night game. And, it, you know, it was interesting because North Carolina was getting blown out. And this was in the fourth quarter. And so I had to you know, leave at the fourth quarter because the next day I had to be at Marshall, Louisiana Tech in, in Huntington, West Virginia. So I'm going to give me some rest before I get on the, the go to get to uh, West Virginia. By the time I get to the hotel – it's now an overtime. Like North Carolina came screaming back, but I remember when I was there, Twyman was was so disruptive, and he's a guy that is if it's a one on one block, nine times out of ten he's going to win that, and that's why he had ten and a half sacks, uh, which is impressive for an interior defensive lineman. Where he has to work on this year is taking on double teams, um, because that's something that he he doesn't do well. He's strong at the point of attack. But disengaging or finding, uh, you know, nuanced ways of defeating double team blocks is where he's going to have to get better. But one on one, let's say as a three tech, if you're asking him to just get up feeling and just, you know, beat the guy in front of him and get to the quarterback, he's going to do that all day. He's got the quickness. Um, he uses his hands well. He is, is you know, his one arm swipe is good. He's able to get underneath. He has natural leverage. I think he's about six two, uh, which means he's about six one. You know, you know how colleges love that two-inch cheat. So he's a guy that has natural leverage, quickness, and I think he also does a good job of pursuing the ball. And we talk about his point of attack strength. Even though he he doesn't do well against double teams, they don't move him from defensive tackle to to linebacker like some of these D linemen get blown off the ball. He's able to hold his own. He just can't get off the block, but he still does a great job of of owning his gap. Uh, You just want to see him be a little bit more active and trying to you know, defeat those double teams. Lastly, Emery, what about Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver from Louisville? Well, if you like Marquise Brown, you're going to love him because he has such a fluid explosiveness. Like, you just throw the ball up in the air and you know he's going to run underneath it and haul it in. And when you have that explosiveness, you you put that speed on the inside. Now, I'm usually of the mindset you want speed on the outside and size on the inside because size will take away that safety and speed will have one-on-one all day long on the outside. But with him, I understand why you want his speed on the inside because you give that speed a two-way go, there's no way in hell you can cover a guy like that, man, with that level of speed and explosiveness and acceleration. Uh, He's so easy in in his ability to hit his top speed and and track the ball. Obviously for him, it's going to be about weight gain, um, getting stronger because we know at the NFL level where you know more than me um, how consistency within your strength and, and power helps you uh, at all positions. And, yeah, right now you can you get by with the strength that you have, but when you go to that pro level, 
you know, you have to be able to meet that level of consistency because even the small guys are strong and you're going to see strong guys throughout the course of your career. So you can't allow yourself to get bumped off routes or rerouted or things like that. So for him, it's just going to be about continuing to add weight, strength, and that's the stuff that you can easily do. But the talent, he has that in spades. Make sure you are following him on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. He just rolled through the top 10 pro prospects in the ACC. That was awesome. He's Football Game Plan on YouTube. You can check out. I was in what what what's it, what's the series called again, Emery? Talking Ball with the Czar. Talking Ball with the Czar. That's right. That's <laughs> what I did on Friday. I talked ball with the Czar. So check that out. Football Game Plan on YouTube. And again, you sign up for our YouTube and subscribe to it. It's free. You just hit the subscribe button, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm going to pick one of you this week and give you a cameo-like shout-out. Plus, you got to see the best clips from this show to see the look in Emery's eyes when he's talking about uh, some of these prospects that he was talking about today. And we've got some exclusive content going up for you every Tuesday as well on our YouTube page. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.